Merry Christmas to one and all. Tonight we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. And it is my privilege to tell you about him. His first name is Jesus. His title is Christ, which means chosen or anointed one. He was born about 2,000 years ago. He had very young peasant parents. He had brothers and sisters. He grew up in a very obscure part of the world in a small town. We don't know too much about his first 30 years. But, he, but at the age of 30, he began what we call his public ministry, which lasted only three years. And here's the big deal. What is really interesting is that those three years, Jesus Christ made the biggest impact on the world that anyone who has ever lived or ever will live has made. So here we are in his wake. Christianity, the entire Christian religion, the church is in the wake of this Jesus Christ, his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection. And today, more songs are sung to him, more paintings are painted of him, more books are written concerning him than any other person in the history of the world. Jesus is in a category by himself. We actually measure time by his life. B.C., before Christ, A.D., Anno Domini, in the year of the Lord or during the reign of, indicating his birth. At the turn of the millennium, Newsweek had a cover story on him. And it said, by any secular standard, secular standard, Jesus is the most dominant figure in Western culture. And what that is saying is that there is no one like Jesus. No one is equal to Jesus. No one can stand alongside Jesus. And we are here tonight to celebrate his birth that changed the world and that changed our life forever. Amen? Amen. Now there's two things I want you to to remember about Jesus tonight. Number one, most religions find their headquarters in a holy place. That is usually the place where the founder of the religion died. Christianity does not have a holy place because our founder is not dead. Three days after Jesus died, he rose from death. And today we celebrate his birth. On Easter, we celebrate his resurrection. We don't have a holy place because our founder is still alive. We can and are worshiping him wherever and whenever we want. And tonight, we do that 
from our own living rooms. The second thing is that there is no other major religion where the founder declared himself to be God other than Christianity. Jesus openly, publicly, emphatically, repeatedly said that he was God. He was opposed for three years because of that. And he ultimately was put to death. And then he came back from death simply to prove the point. I told you, I am God. So today, we are remembering. No, not just remembering. We are celebrating. No, not just celebrating. We are worshiping the most important person who ever lived. And billions of Christians around the world are worshiping their Lord and Savior and God, Jesus Christ. We would be throwing a birthday party and all coming together if we all could. And one day we will all be together in heaven. And what a sight that will be when all of his dear children are worshiping at the foot of his throne. And so tonight we ask, why? Why would the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the Almighty God, the Lord of heaven and earth, why would he come down and humble himself to be born? Why would Jesus go from glory to humility? Why would he go from a throne to a manger? Why would he go from heaven to earth? Why would he go from hearing holy, holy, holy to hearing crucify him, crucify him, crucify him? There was a Danish philosopher named Soren Kierkegaard and he explained it using this analogy I want to share with you tonight. There once was a prince who ruled over a mighty kingdom. And this prince was very powerful, very prominent. And one day he decided he wanted to have a loving relationship and take a bride. His concern was that if everyone knew that he was looking for a mate, he could never be sure that whoever he ended up with genuinely loved him or just wanted to have all of the benefits of the kingdom. So he devised a strategy. He would move out of the palace and the castle. He would change his appearance and dress as a peasant. He would take a common laborer's job as a poor person. And he would live that life willingly and gladly. He did that for an extended period of time. And then he met the girl of his dreams. The woman that he wanted to be his bride. They got to know each other. But she had no idea that he was a prince and that he had a kingdom. So he proposed. She agreed. 
He loved her. She loved him. They were married. And he told her now that they were, now that they were married, he was going to bring her to his house. And she was a bit surprised when they showed up at a castle. And she asked him, why are we here? And he said, well, I'm bringing you home. And the gates of the castle opened and in comes the prince and everyone is cheering and celebrating. And the bride did not know that she was loved by a prince. She looked at him and asked, why didn't you tell me? And he said, I wanted you to love me for me. And now that you love me for me, I'm giving you the kingdom. That little story illustrates why Jesus came as a humble servant. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 7 and 8, it says, He emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus Christ came to love you. He came for a relationship with you. He came so that you would love his character. And ultimately, when you enter into this loving relationship with him, when all is said and done, guess where you get to go? Into the kingdom. Jesus came to deliver us from sin, death, and the power of the devil. He came to give us a life that is immeasurably more beautiful, more meaningful, more enjoyable than anything we can hope to have in this life. His kingdom has come. So where is Jesus today? He's not dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. Philippians 2 verse 9 to 11 says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus Christ today is still pursuing relationships. Jesus Christ is still forgiving sins. Jesus Christ is back on his throne. He is surrounded by angels. Jesus Christ is ruling and reigning, and his kingdom is extending over the nations of the earth. He is highly exalted. So when you think of Jesus, I don't want you to just think of him from 2,000 years ago as a small little baby. I want you to also think of him as he is today. When you sing, your songs will go into the presence of Jesus. When you pray, 
your prayers will go into the presence of Jesus. When you ask for forgiveness of sins, that request will go to the ears of Jesus. We have something to rejoice about indeed. The opportunities to grab joy along the journey to the party that never ends are there for us every day. The problem is sometimes we get so overwhelmed at the stuff we need to get done that we run right by the happiness because of busyness. Sometimes we have to literally stop, take a break, catch our breath, and regain our joy. And we get to do that especially this Christmas. You cannot go to Costco and get joy. You can't have Amazon deliver it. But you can get it from meditating on the Savior of your soul, Jesus Christ. Real, lasting joy. You can only find it in the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Merry Christmas. Amen.